Welcome to the Make Some Gains podcast. I'm your host, Summer Venowitz, and this is a space where I'll be cutting through the bullshit and stripping away the filter. My aim is to help you reframe your mind, question the norms, and push you to achieve new levels of success. Through raw conversations, I'll open up about my personal experiences, my ideas, and my struggles. I want to empower you to live up to your full potential. Let's go make some gains. Hello, hello. Oh my gosh, my voice. (coughs) Welcome back to the podcast. We are officially on episode 13. Did we think we'd make it this far? I don't know. Maybe, maybe so. But today I want to cover the overachiever's curse. So maybe you realize that you're an overachiever. Maybe you don't. Maybe this will be a wake-up call to you. And uh, I've been an overachiever ever since I can remember. I've always felt like I had to be the best at whatever it was that I was pursuing, whether that was in school, in sports, in the gym, in my job, even down to painting my nails. I distinctly remember in middle school, I would paint my nails all of these fun designs every single week, and I practiced so much that I got so good that I was able to do like the craziest designs. I remember doing Converse like converse nails on both hands I became ambidextrous in nail painting like to this day I'm better with my non-dominant hand than I am with my dominant hand so just ever since I could remember like any hobby or any job that I picked up it was like I had to be the best and I had to be the hardest worker in the room all the time I feel like I've always been in the top 1%, whether that be in school or how much money I make, but I can tell you from the bottom of my heart that I am not in the top 1% of happiness and at the end of the day, all of these external successes that I've had, they really don't mean shit. If I'm not happy, it doesn't fucking matter how much money I make. It doesn't fucking matter how well I did in school or it doesn't fucking matter what physique I have if I'm not happy. So yes, I've been in the 1% of external external stimuli or success but I am not not in the top one percent for in inner peace internal happiness but what I've realized especially recently is that I am really really good at using external sources and external rewards to distract myself from the unease that I feel internally And the overachiever's curse, in my eyes, is a sort of coping mechanism for that internal unrest. So I've come up with five aspects that I associate with the overachiever's curse. These are all things that I experience on a gosh dang daily basis. And my hope with this episode is like I said, maybe you know that you're an overachiever, maybe you don't, 
if you know that you are, like, I just want this to be the permission slip that it's okay. Like, other people are the same way as you. If you don't know and maybe you relate to one, two, three, four, five of these aspects, then this could be, again, like, a wake-up call for you to realize, holy crap, like, this is the boat that I'm in. And to start making changes in your life that help to alleviate the curse. (laughs) So, like I said, I have five aspects that I that I associate with this overachiever's curse. So number one is trying to force people to do things that will better their lives. So it's like I can see the clear-cut path that people need to take to level up. Maybe it's a path that I've already taken. Maybe it's a path that I haven't taken, but I, I can see it. I'm like, this this is what you need to do to better your life or to level up or to be more happy. Maybe not that one because like I said, I'm not, I'm not, (laughs) I am not the best in that area. But I do see people that are even more unhappy than me and it's like I can, I can at least get you to my happiness level and I almost get into this energy where I'm trying to like force people to do things and uh, I think what happens is some of the people, if not all of the people, would call this overstepping my boundaries. Because most of the time, this includes me being blunt and almost giving, whether it's unsolicited advice or solicited advice, it's blunt. Like, it's the hard truth that people just don't want to see or don't want to care about. And it's never, like, I'm never doing it out of hate or out of anger. It's always out of love and care. Like, I I am just trying to pull them to the good side and pull them to this better life that they could be living. And I think even though it's out of love and care, it comes across as I'm better than you mentality or I'm better than you. So, you need to, like, get to my level. But it's not like that. It's out of love. It's out of care. And there is a very common theme in my life. It's me, at least in my eyes, bending over backwards for people and really having it backfire on me. And this is especially true with friendships. I cannot stand seeing the people in my life unhappy, unfulfilled, sitting in self-sabotaging behavior when I can clearly see it. So I am always the one to do everything in my power to see them succeed. Even if this means, again, telling them hard truths and looking like the bad guy. But at the end of the day, what usually happens is I get ghosted, they get mad at me, and uh, they continue their self-sabotaging behaviors. So what I've realized, big lesson learned, is you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. You can only help people if they want to help themselves. There are people who are ready for my help and there are others that just are not, not susceptible to my advice. I've learned time and time again that I need to place my energy into people who are ready for it and who at the very least have the decency to respond to me and have a conversation with me. Um, And that's something that is obviously a continuous continuous thing that will appear in my life and I need to work through. Number two is never feeling satisfied, having obsessive behavior, and having an at-all-cost mentality. 
So this is one, if not the most obvious behavior of an overachiever. It's the grind all day and still not feel accomplished mentality. It's the I don't give a fuck about anything except what I'm working on mentality. It's always chasing the highs. It's always chasing what's next. It's the classic chasing a carrot on a treadmill example. No matter how externally successful I am, it never feels good enough. And it is a shit feeling. (laughs) And we are working through this. (laughs) This is something that as I'm talking about it, this is not something that I've overcome. Like this is shit that I deal with on a daily basis. I am in the shit of it. (laughs) So (laughs) this is straight from my heart. Number three, is feeling guilty for rest or for taking free time. So this is another really common one with the overachievers mindset. It's not being able to take rest. It's feeling guilty for not working, for not grinding, feeling guilty for not constantly doing something that will push the needle forward. Like for me, it's literally to the point where every single waking, waking hour, if I don't have a podcast on that I'm learning from or if I'm not reading a book, it's it's just like wasted time in my mind. Um, never, be, never being able to slow down work or whatever it is that you're you're focused on is constantly on your mind and that makes you anxious anytime that you try to step away using obsessive work as an outlet so this feels good for so long before it starts to feel like shit where you're grinding um, nine to five, if not even longer. Sometimes it's like nine to nine and I have this gigantic to-do list and at the end of the day, I'm like, wow, I didn't look up. I didn't focus on anything except work and I still feel unfulfilled. And I feel like this is actually really common nowadays because of hustle culture. And I've realized that even within my own business, I got to a point where I wasn't enjoying the freedom that I had built. I chose this lifestyle. I chose to be an entrepreneur. I chose to do online coaching. So I had the freedom. So I had my days free. And if I'm still working nine to five, grinding my life away, why don't I just fucking go do that at a secure job? Like that doesn't make sense to me. And that's a positive of this lifestyle is I get to choose. I get to choose if I'm grinding or slowing down. So I tried to be self-aware enough to take a step back, slow down, take it easy. And this is one that I've currently been leaning into, not only with work, but with the gym, with my nutrition. Um, I feel like I got into super, super masculine and forceful energy with everything in my life. And I'm I'm trying really hard to slow down and take a step back and almost release some of that control. And let me tell you, it feels like I'm spiraling. <laughs> I'm trying to not associate rest with unease and this is so fucking hard. It is so hard for me. I'm trying to take a step back from the gym because it's not feeling good to me at the moment. So I've been doing lots of walks. I've been doing yoga. I'll go to the gym but I'm not hitting like hour, hour and a half long workouts and uh, I'm really trying to, like I said, not 
associate my external environment um, with my internal happiness and it's so hard. It is something that we are working through (laughs) and pursuing. So number four is this lone wolf vibe. I feel like very, very few people think the way I do, especially females. I feel like this overachiever's mindset, it's more present within the male population. But I am just wired differently. Uh, I'm sure most overachievers would feel this. Like, you know that you don't think like the average person. I've felt and I currently feel very insecure about friendships being, I would say, the top of my list, but I do it to myself. I could easily go out and make a million surface-level friends that I drink with every single weekend. I've had it before. I've been there before. I mean, yeah, it feels really good in the moment, but all this would do is feed my ego. All this would be is another external coping mechanism, and it just, I don't think, would be the vibe because it's again just a band-aid. It's not the solution to the problem. I would rather have one, two really good friends. Maybe I don't see them all, all day every day but I know that they're there for me rather than a million fake-ass friends. So I've become very, very, very picky with who I give my time to and it's funny because the clients that I attract are the ones that I relate to most. I had a conversation with one of my clients the other day. She grew up as a professional athlete and is hyper-masculine in nature, so that means like grind, 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 go, 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 and we were talking about how similar our experiences have been, and I don't know if I've ever had such a refreshing conversation in my life. Seriously, like to date. (laughs) We talked about the obsessive behavior and the feelings associated with it, feeling lonely but realizing that that's that's part of it. It's moments like those that make me feel not so alone and that's exactly why I'm choosing to talk about this today because I know that there are others out there like me, like my client, and I just want you to feel not so alone. Fifth and final aspect of this overachiever's curse is some sort of childhood trauma. And this could be on any level. So this could be just being raised in a non-normal household, an unstable household of some sort. And again, this could be on a level of 0, 1 to 10. And uh, obviously with this, we're opening up a gosh dang can of worms, but This is something that, again, like, I am working through. I have recently become aware of my situation, and I firmly believe that my overachiever's mindset roots directly from my childhood experience, and I'm not going to trauma dump on all of you. Maybe, maybe just a little. (laughs) We're going to trauma dump a little, but I was raised as an only child for 14 years of my life. My parents separated when I was two. My mom worked two jobs. My dad owned his own lawn mowing business. I was really, I felt really, really lonely my entire childhood. I don't know if that's due to me being an only child. Like I said, being passed around and never really feeling stable. Um, 
My dad got me every other weekend and the majority of the time he would have to work so I rarely got time with him. We still have a very interesting relationship to this day. It's very distant. It's very not loving at all. Um, Like I said, my mom worked two jobs so I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. My mom dated at least 10 different guys throughout my childhood, if not even more. It was probably more towards the 15, maybe 20. And when I say date, I mean actually bring them into our household and like make them a part of our family. So that's 15, 20 different guys throughout my childhood that came in. Gonna be a possible stepdaddy. Nope, not a stepdaddy. On to the next. So we had this super fun dynamic where when she'd break up with the boyfriend, I was mommy's best friend. I'd get to sleep in her bed and hang out with her 24-7. It was just the, there's just the two of us. Like, we'd go on trips. We'd hang out. And then when she got a boyfriend, I would get kicked out of the bed. There was no more sleeping in the bed. I'd end up going to my grandparents on weekends. I was kind of, it felt like I was pushed to the side. So she had me at 18. I don't blame her for any of this. Like she was growing up and she was finding herself as I was growing up alongside her. I freaking love her. I have mad respect for her. She did the absolute best that she could, but this is just a pattern that I now it like I I start to connect the dots where I'm like, "Oh. <laughs> that's why I feel like I want to cry every minute of every day." So, my family has never really been the type to show affection either. Like, we rarely said I love you to each other. There was rarely ever, like, hugs and kisses and internal validation. So, I I just feel like that was missing from my childhood was some level of internal validation. And all of this combined made me feel like I needed to almost fight for attention and lean into external validation. So that means getting good grades, behaving really well up until high school. I was such a shit. (laughs) Playing sports. I guess I getting into the gym and achieving an elite physique. I got my first job at 12 years old. Um, that was actually really fun. I think that that's what sparked my my entrepreneur bone. I would sell fruits and veggies, my grandma's fruits and veggies at um, a farmer's market. And so 12 years old, straight out the gates, got a job um, choosing, even like chasing the hard to get boys. I'm like, my history with boys, it was always like the bad boys or like the boys that you could never actually like capture their attention. It was always like one foot in, one foot out. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) So obviously there are people out there who had it way fucking worse than I did. Um, but everyone's trauma is traumatic to them and it shapes the person that they become. So I don't think, yeah, I, I mean, like I said, there's people out there, yes, way worse. But at the end of the day, like your situation that you have gone through was traumatic 
for you to whatever extent it was for you. So overall, I truly believe that this overachiever's curse roots directly from childhood and how you were cared for or the lack thereof, how you were raised, um, how you were treated or not treated. And if you relate to any of these, so trying to force people to better their lives, never feeling satisfied, feeling guilty for rest, feeling like a lone wolf, having some extent of childhood trauma, you probably have a bit of an overachiever's mindset. I think it can be used for the good, though. That's the thing is, yes, (laughs) there are definitely negative aspects to it, but you can lock in when needed. You care deeply about other people's success. You have less people in your world to distract you. Um, You're probably more self-aware if you realize and you can kind of shape your life around it. And I've realized that these patterns I have have gotten a bit out of control and I realized that on a day-to-day basis, I, I have been, like, my entire life using external coping mechanisms, even if they are, quote-unquote, healthy. Maybe that's going for walks, working, shopping, trips. I'm happy that it's not drugs or alcohol. I think at one point in my life, it was alcohol, but we've moved past that. But what's happening in my life currently is it's still external sources of happiness that I'm chasing. So it's these trips that I want to go on and it's the work that I'm obsessing over or the, like, I even think, like, going on a date or, like, going golfing, like, all of these things I'm using to distract my mind from the unease that I feel on the inside. And it's, like, the second that I get alone with nothing to do or nothing to occupy occupy my mind with, I break down. So, my action plan moving forward is, again, continuing to slow down and just be okay with it. Like, I need to stop bulldozing my way through life and just in this super hyper-masculine activity or this energy where it's, like, all or nothing, like, just go for it, just bulldoze anyways, like, fuck your feelings type of thing and I need to slow down and like sit with my feelings I need to learn coping mechanisms for when shit hits the fan like I need true inner coping mechanisms so I will be going to therapy and I think everybody needs therapy I think this is something that everybody could benefit from but it's something that I've never done in the past and it's, I think it's very needed. I think it's time. So if anybody has any recommendations there, please let me know. So slowing down therapy, I would love to go on some sort of healing retreat. Um, I've looked into a few in Colorado where this is like a weekend where you put your phone away and it's a weekend designated to inner work and healing. So I think that could be very good for me. I also love yoga. Yoga is one place where I feel like it's not a distraction from my mind. It's actually getting in tune with my mind and just being okay with it. So I would love to get my yoga teacher training done. 
I would also love to do that somewhere in like Bali or somewhere where I can travel and and do it. So those are kind of the things on my radar. So yoga teacher teacher training, some sort of retreat, therapy, and then slowing down and just being okay with it. That is my healing plan. That is my action plan. And I'd love to know if you liked this style of episode. I I tried to not dump too much trauma on you, but I think it's important to be open and honest and real because I know, I know everyone feels it. Everyone is struggling in their own ways. I feel like now more than ever, people are feeling so gosh damn defeated and lonely And I think the more that we can be open and vulnerable, the more normal people can feel. So go out, be vulnerable, be open, share about your struggles. This concludes this week's episode. If you enjoyed or you learned something, please give it some love. It would mean the world to me if you could rate or review or both for the show. The more love it gets, the more people it can reach, the more people we can help, the more open and vulnerable we can all start to be. So I appreciate you so much for showing up. I love you so much and I will talk to you next week. Thank you.